What's good? It's your man, C. Perry Elise II, and welcome to Straight to Tape. You know what it is, unapologetic and insightful conversation. From the tip of our tongues, this is Straight to Tape. Well, got an interesting episode for you guys today. Uh, right now, uh, for first, I want to give a shout out to uh, my team, S2T, the comedian Tico, and Keisha with a Y. You know, that's my normal, that's not my normal crew, my normal panel, as you will. Uh, however, got a special show for you, all right? Uh, first, Abigasos, uh, straight from his show, No Filter Radio, on Little Riley Radio. You can check it out at littlerileyradio.org. Uh, he's on from 4 to 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Here's my man. SD, what's up, my man? What's going good, Perry? Yo, people don't know, man. This is actually like my birthday brother. Okay, we were born on the same day, same day, and the same year. What time were you born, man? I, you know what? You gonna ask my mama that? I don't know. I don't. She said, I think one time she said about five, six in the morning, okay. something like that. Yeah, I think I might have you by like three hours. And. Well, I said this show was called the Grapple and, and Shoot Edition, okay? Uh, one thing a lot of people know about me is that I have this huge love for professional wrestling. Been a fan forever, okay? So, in, in doing a, 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 a wrestling-style show, if you will, uh, I figure, hmm... Should have a wrestler on the show. What do you What do you think, SD? I think you should have a wrestler on the show. I've been a fan since hell. I could understand what the hell it was I was watching <laughs> and enjoying it. So, yeah, we should have a wrestling wrestler on this show. Well, we have a wrestler on the show, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you. Mr. Everything you suck, <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Not man? only am I on the show, but I'm operating your, your Facebook live for you today. And you know? I appreciate I'm, that. I'm, that's why they call me Mr. Everything, because I can do everything. I can answer your questions, <laughs> talk on your radio show, and control your Facebook live. <laughs> you suck, Victor! Hey. Yeah, well, your mom likes it. That is my man. That's my man. Well... As always, with uh, episodes of uh, Straight to Tape, uh, we're going to start off with the comment section. And you know, you know, it always gets cracking in the comment section. You know, trending topics and news over the past week, uh, you know, with our commentary and opinion. Well, we're going to start right here with Senator Mitch McConnell, a Republican um, Senate Majority Leader. Was confronted by angry customers at a Louisville restaurant. Uh, one of the angry customers at the uh, Columbia restaurant Havana uh, Rumba asked the senator from Kentucky, "Why don't you get out of here? Why don't you leave the en- entire country alone?" Uh, he was met by claps and cheers from the other patrons, uh, and this was in McCall's home state. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the patron warned the other patrons that, you know, McConnell was going to uh, come after their Social Security. Uh, now, 
McConnell did recently make headlines promising to target uh, Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare uh, for cost reductions as a way to address the uh, $779 billion budget deficit, which, by the way, is the highest deficit figure in the past six years. So with, uh, with McConnell being just the latest GOP politician being confronted in public and at dinner, now, fellas, do you feel this is an effective way for disgruntled voters to view their opinions or concerns? I, yeah, especially in his state. You know, if, if you're going to come in public, you got to be ready for public ridicule. I mean, if you're up there and you're putting stuff, you know, whatever you're voting against or what you're targeting, I mean, if you're going to listen to your constituents, what better time to listen than at dinner? Yeah. Uh, however, you know, his party has been targeting the entitlements for. I don't know, like a generation, mm. you know, so, uh, you know, after, you know, after this tax cut, you know, we have a deficit and what's a good target, but, you know, going after the safety nets. Well, in my opinion, things like Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, you know, for any politician, I think those are three things that you really shouldn't touch. I agree. Um, a, because even with the Affordable Care Act, not a lot of people can afford it. So the next best thing for them is Medicare. And if you're, you know, dealing with uh, having to get uh, public health, mm -hmm. And if you qualify, then there's Medicare. Then the Medicaid. Yeah, Medicaid. I would say Medicaid. Yeah, the Medicaid part. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's not like Medicare is free. Because if you don't have Medicaid, guess who has to pay that Medicare premium? You do. <laughs> so, and that's like $134 a year. Wow. So, and as far as Social Security goes, I mean, if you've been working your entire life, on top of, you know, whatever 401k or pension or retirement, then, hey, if you're going to take away Social Security and stop taking it out of my damn check. <laughs> but, but that's, what, that's the problem with what's going on with the government, the, the, you know, the budget and all that different stuff is, is people who have to use these type of things, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, uh, HIPAA, whatever you got to use, um, the government sees it as expendable. They tax you on the stuff that you need, and then when you need it back, it's like, well, whatever. We, we need it more than you do. And it's, it's, that's the biggest problem is, you know, we got to figure out a way to get around that. And that's why McConnell, O'Connell, Donald, that's probably why he'll get voted out come November. Well, you guys, when you guys well, vote him out, vote me in. Luckily, here's the whole thing. Luckily for him, you know, he's not up for re-election. However, oh. however, okay, you know, if the majority flips in the Senate, then that lessens his power as the majority leader because then he wouldn't be the majority leader. Okay, but that's beyond him not being up for re-election, who could he possibly be influencing to take his spot? 
because whoever he's influencing to take his spot is going to do the same daggone thing. Then they're going to the people in that area is still going to be stuck in the same situation. Uh, or it could or be worse. It could be a bait and switch because you know, and there's a lot of bait and switching in politics. But you go, yeah, I support your ideas and all that, and just get me in, and you get in, and you're like, hey, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. I got my own plan. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. That could be possible, and that would be any and long as it's going for um, trying to make things better for the, the people the area who's voting you in and trying to make sure that they can live as much as you're living or if not better or just maybe just a little bit less but not to the point where they got to kill themselves just to keep them dying then maybe then you know that'll be good and I mean that's why I feel that the importance of an educated voter is paramount okay um I always had a problem, and, and this is on both sides of the fence, okay? I've always had a problem with voters of voting against their interests, against their base interests, okay? And you see it with both parties, okay? Mm-hmm. I, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, you know, single just one out. I mean, one is doing more than the other at the present time, however... You know, I can't single both. You know I mean, I can't single just one out. Okay. You know, it is both. Okay. Uh, voters have to educate themselves better. Okay. If <coughs> you actually want what's perceived as change to to truly occur, you know. I think I think what what it really boils down to is that we need people to run for office. Who has been a part of um, these problems and these situations? Like, shoot, like, like Joe from from down the street going run for an office because he's been in a situation where he had to stretch out twenty dollars for a whole month. You know, we need people who know what it is to not have nothing in order to say, okay, these people don't have nothing. This is what we need to do to make sure they got something. This is what we can do to stretch this little twenty dollars out. For the rest of the month, so that everybody can make sure that they they're fed, the kids are situated, the schools got books, um, schools got heat, and all these different things. Like I think that's what we really need. I mean, we just got him in the office, and he ain't know too much about no damn politics. So <laughs> uh, why can't we get Joe from down the street to go out there and do do the same thing? Just like you had Joe down the street, Clay Aiken uh, was a Joe down the street. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't win when he ran. Uh, I, I don't, look, bro, bro, now name wreck. Okay, I don't count name wreck as you know. No, uh, I, I, just, street, I, I you know? no, no, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't just his name wreck. The same token, um, Glenn Jacobs. Everybody knows him as Kane. You know, won the mayor in what Knoxville or wherever the hell he's at in Tennessee. You know, congratulations to him. But when you get, um, you know, Joe Plummer to run for office, um, that he can recognize and, and deal with, you know, it could work. Then again, it couldn't work. Because even though they might not have any political background, they still, they're, they're still going to have somebody in their ear. And to use them, whether they're just a figurehead or to really doing the politics. Um, 
So it can be a blessing, but it can also be a dangerous thing. Now, just just uh, circling back, circling back to the topic. Um, to me, voters have their rights to voice their opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I personally don't feel it's effective, and there's the only reason why I, uh, you know why I don't feel it's effective. It doesn't change the mind. Okay, it does not change the mind. Okay, uh, you know, you're you're expressing your opinion, you're you're expressing your feelings. You are getting them out. You're getting them out to a person that is in power to influence. You know what you're passionate passionate about. But at the same time, yeah, that person has an agenda as well. I mean, truly, you know, the only, I mean, just to sum up the topic, uh, the only way to, you know, influence that is vote. I mean, I mean, it just, just, just gets that simple. Okay. Next. Now, of course, you know, crown jewel. Mm-hmm. And pressure has been mounting, you know, for the WWE to pull out of that schedule event, crown jewel. In Saudi Arabia, okay, there's a, uh, they received pressure from not only fans, okay, but you know members of Congress like uh, Senate uh, uh, Richard uh, Blumenthal, a uh, Democratic uh, senator from uh, from uh, Connecticut, home state of WWE, uh, Senator Chris Murphy, uh, Senator Bob Melendez, and even uh, Senator Lindsey Graham. You know they've all you know said that the WWE should pull out of this event. Uh, now, there, now there have also been some unconfirmed reports about talent not wanting to do the, do the event. Um, actually, you know, before we, you know, before we came on the air, uh, you know, there was a there was a report that the, the WWE was going to make a definitive decision tomorrow. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, this was amidst the rumors of uh, of John Cena pulling out of the event, amidst the rumors of. Uh, Dean Bryan not wanting to work the event, uh, and on top of uh, you know Roman Reigns having to pull out for health reasons, legitimate health reasons, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, de- I was reading this thing in Deadline. The Deadline reported that uh, you know if the WWE pulled out of the event, they stand to lose between twelve to sixteen million dollars operating income. Okay. They they signed a ten year deal with Saudi Arabia. They signed a ten year deal with Saudi Arabia. Okay, so here's my question, guys: uh, Is the WWE in a controllable situation, or in a no win situation, no matter what decision they make? A uh, couple of things. I, I'm going to say a, a no win. You damned if you do. You damned if you don't. Now all this is all this um, is stemming from the I'm going to call it murder. It was the assassination mm-hmm. um, of the guy that uh, I forget what paper he wrote for. He wrote for the Washington Post. The Washington yeah. Post, and you know, and, and and it was caught on video. You got a Turkish hit squad. Caught on video, and I think he, when he was assassinated inside the uh, consulate, yeah, it was the in, consulate. It was inside the uh, the Saudi consulate. Consulate, 
Yeah. So here's the thing: when you're going out there and you're putting on shows in in areas like that, you got to realize: a, this conflict's always going on. It's always going on. Um, and for Daniel Bryan and John Cena to pull out, you got to realize why why it's such a big deal. Why they're there? I mean, yeah, it's it's big revenue. Fans get to see the people they, you know, watch on TV, you know, uh, live. So, a 10-year deal, and granted, that 10-year deal was signed long before this assassination, and you're talking about, is it 12 to 16 million, is that per year, a month, or just for the show? Hey, the civil rights issues in Saudi Arabia were still going on when they signed that deal. Yeah. Always going on. Now, the fact that 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 reporter was assassinated—that's just a straw that breaks the camel's back. And I'm thinking that I think one time when we talked, um, you were saying that they were trying to go to Manchester, England. That was a thought because um, around that same time, there is a scheduled Raw and there's a scheduled SmackDown in England. You know, with that with that Sunday, you know, being pretty much an open day. And then they also have uh, NXT UK going on as well <coughs> in uh, Manchester. So that's a big thing. I think from from my standpoint, um, what we need to start looking at is why more so is the WWE doing shows in these type of areas. Um, I'm, I'm always looking outside of the box of everything, outside the uh, the realm of Tetris, and. Yeah, money is great. You know, 10-year deal, $12, $16 million, maybe for this one pay-per-view, whatever. But it's a, it's a situation where if they still did the show, this is something where they can unify this country. You know what I'm saying? Like, they maybe they can start bringing, you know, hope back to this country. I mean, these people are always in danger every single day of their life. And this is, a, this is an event that... Let's don't forget about that situation for just 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 one night, if not any night, just mm-hmm. one night to to forget about all these different things that's going on. Now, yes, the you know the reporter was killed over there and things like that. I mean, we have people that are killed here all the time, and there's no big outrage about it. I, so I think it's my, not that he was killed. He was it's different between my cousin was killed. He was assassinated. This was okay. a plan. Yeah. Okay. So, but okay. So, we have those here as well. They don't call them assassinations. They call them uh, mass murders, um, suicidal thoughts. You know, cycles, whatever. You know, that's what they call it here in America. But outside of the United States, it's an assassination. It's a terrorist. It's a terrorism and things like that. And we do the same crap here all the time. Jumping on one event or a company, not trying to defend WWE at all, but jumping on them because they're still hosting an event is is ridiculous. I mean, because, yeah, if they do find another venue, great. Are you going to watch it? Yeah. Are you going to watch it if they're still doing it in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really can't see anybody saying, well, I'm not going to watch it. If they did the well, crown jewel in Saudi Arabia. Well, truth be told, I, I wasn't gonna watch it anyway. But that was for other, you know, to be honest with you, that was for other reasons for, than it being in Saudi Arabia. 
the whole, um, I mean, the whole super, sh- this whole super showdown concept. Oh, yeah. I, no, period. I'm not just talking about Crown Jewel. The last show, okay, mm-hmm. the first show that was in Saudi Arabia, that is not directed or promoted, okay, for my viewership, okay? That's promoted for an international audience viewership. Hence the reason why most, if not all of them, have been main evented by stars from the Attitude Era. Well, because like you said before, they're behind. Yeah. As far as everything that we have going on yeah. here. So then when we realize that we have... No, they do. They do. They just want to see it. They And like I realized, the last time that they were there, uh, the first time rather, women were just given the right to drive. Exactly. And, and, and I don't know if you guys noticed it, um... But I watched the first time that they were there. Mm-hmm. And... How was the show with no women? That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. The, women were there. It's oh, just thanks. that whenever the cameras... Went on, okay, first, we're talking about women. There were no women performers. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, women were there. Mm-hmm. But they were in the back. They're in the back of the bag. They're like they're like that molar that you got to get removed out of your jeep. You got to go back and look. There's some in the front row. Yeah, far and few between. There were some kids. Yeah, but there were some women Girl, little girls. Well. Yes, yeah. but as far as grown women in there, no. Um, uh, I, I did see the, the little girl. Uh, one of it's been it's been a while since I've seen it. The little girl. They were given a. Uh, Headband or some shades or some something mm-hmm. or another, but when you look at the audience, all you see is men in the front row and in the But if they, if there were grown women there, they're like geisha, geisha girls. They were in the back, and you really didn't see them. Go back and watch that again. It, what women you saw, you saw little girls, preteens. Up in the front rows, majority of that audience was all men. And if any, like I said, any women were there, even though when they got there, women had just been given the right to drive. I mean, they, it helped make some changes. They even did an expose on that show about women getting the right to drive. <laughs> but you know, I, I would like to see what happened. Uh, oh, I know what happened. It was also the first time. I know we're getting off the subject of grappling. But when the Black Panther aired, that was the first time that men and women were able to sit in the theater to watch that movie. Very true. Very true. So when the WWE or Hollywood gets there, it's sparking some changes. And so much so that the country has to acknowledge that, hey, this is the first time that men and women can go sit in the same theater to watch a movie. Black Panther did that. The first uh, uh, WWE event pay-per-view, women got the right to drive. And they talked about it. So who knows? And then didn't they also have, was that Saudi Arabia where Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks wrestled against each other? Um, somewhere no, in that area. It was it? somewhere in the Middle East and they had to wear, it wasn't. They had to wear full body. No skin yeah. could show. Yeah. But then again, again, even with this pay-per-view coming up Sunday, there are no women on the show because of those rights. And the thing with, the thing that Americans have to realize about 
going to another country, you better know their laws and respect their culture. Don't go there and think that, you know, you can just, you know, go back, what, 10, 15 years ago, that kid spray painted that Mercedes Benz and everybody in the U.S., uh, he was going to get caned 42 times. Oh, the humanity. Oh, that kid broke the fucking law. Yeah. He should be susceptible the big to their punishment mm-hmm. and got the full 50 or 42 or whatever it was. And his ass yeah. still got towed up. But I bet you won't spray paint another Benz. Singapore came. You see how this all talk about the wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, maybe he should have been watching wrestling and realized, ah, oh, yeah. Singapore. Yeah, but just to sum it up, yeah. I mean, WWE's in no win, but you know, we will find out what their decision is going to be. Real it comes soon. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, the tomorrow. 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 Yeah. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, that is uh, as of this recording. <laughs> Before you go, I would say this. In my opinion, uh, I would go forward with Saudi Arabia. You may you spark change before you can spark change again. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry for the loss of life of that man getting assassinated, but think about it. Those were Turkish guys that came over and assassinated. One, no, that wasn't Saudi. No, no, that was a Turkish hit squad. Yeah, that was. Uh, and then, and then, what are, what are going to be the repercussions of WWE pulling out? You got to get back that money, and then at the same time, is Saudi Arabia going to start acting funny about different things, or is, is it going to spark something with the women there? You know, is are they going to start going backwards with with the change? I mean, it makes start getting worse. So let's let's go with it. Sick. As always, it's time for the main course. And, and you know, and as I stated earlier, we, we have a guest. If you hadn't already noticed, there are two voices on. <laughs> uh, my man SD from No Filter Radio. Always in the house when I can be. And our special guest, Mr. Everything, Victor Andrews. Don't just be anything, be everything. <laughs> So, you know, I've been actually, you know, been dying to get, uh, been dying to get Vic on this show for a minute, you know, so we can you know, talk, you know, rap about the things we like, which is professional wrestling, of course, all right? But, of course, you know, I, I have some questions for you, because, of course, I want my audience to get to know you, okay? okay. 
Well, first, uh, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. A little bit about you. Alright, well, you know, a little bit about myself. Three kids, you know, 36 years old. Been doing this for about nine years. Um, military veteran. You know, born in Brooklyn, New York. Trying to make my waves in the WWE. You know, trying to get my foot in the door. So, we'll see what happens. Nah, that's tight, that's tight. Alright, uh, now, wrestling. Yeah, when did you decide that you wanted to pursue this hustle? For real. When did you decide, hey, I can do that shit? When, 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 when did you decide that? Man, it, it was it was way before I actually started doing it. Uh-huh. Um, I was in my early 20s, and I was walking around trying to find somewhere. I actually saw like a local show uh-huh. in Selma, and I was like, man, I, I can do that. You want to do that since I was a kid? I went and talked to the guy, told me how much he was going to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, how much? Yeah, how, I how, can do that, but I can't do that price. <laughs> how much was he trying to hit you up with? Uh, it was like, I want to say the time was like $2,500 to $3,000. Who was it? Hey, that's another thing. Who, yeah. Yeah, who, who was it? I, oh, it was Dan Wright. Um, the guy that I work with now. Oh, <laughs> um, I walked up to him, you know, because I understood, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's a business. And, um, you know, they got to train you. They got to show you everything. But not outside of that, they got to make sure they're dressed and stick with it. So they they got to weed out the suckers. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can yeah. come in there and learn it and then not do it and then go around and tell them the secrets and all all the background right, stuff. Right. So, um, I if you did, it just called she three grand. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I understood it. And I backed away from it. But then I, I ended up um, getting linked up with a, a trainer in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Lee, Lady Lee. She introduced me to professional wrestling business as far as training wise okay. in Union City, New Jersey. Um, she was working at an agency I worked at for as Molly and the acting. She was one of the managers and she knew that I was doing the boxing and the mm-hmm. MMA and she was like, You wanna get wrestling in a trial? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do I? You ain't costing me three grand? <laughs> sure. <laughs> had me at wrestling. <laughs> Oh, and so she took me down. I got in there and I bumped around. And I was excited, man. You know, I jumped in the ring. It was my first time being in a wrestling ring and learning how to do things. And the first person, the first celebrity I met, like uh-huh. big name, was Jay Lee. Wow. Um, he came into the gym where we worked out at. We trained at. It was with Ace Pro Wrestling. He used to work out with those guys because he's from that area. Okay. And uh, he came in. He was watching. And I was like, oh, man, that's, uh, that's Jay Lee doing there. Like, wow. I want to feel come over here and say something like I need to go over there and say that something to him or that. and I'm in there with my trainer and I'm learning my bumps and stuff and he climbed in the ring okay. he introduced himself and I introduced myself and uh, he said well, alright well, move around with me do what? <laughs> <laughs> with you? see he just showed me some couple of little uh-huh. things and it, it wasn't like a full trainer but he was able to you know get his workout in and do some things with me and told me you know keep at it you know maybe one day I'll make it big and it's funny because I can call him on the phone now because we've actually made a good reputa- uh, relationship nice. from Ring of Honor from when I time I worked with Ring of Honor. It's cool to know him like that now. Yeah, I was just about to ask him what you know after that. Okay, after you know you know after you had you know had your workout with him. Okay, mm-hmm. you know when he walked away, what was going through your mind, man? When he walked away, <laughs> the the first thing I thought was like I was just in a ring with Jay. <laughs> so like that that was uh, it like I was I was in a room with Jay Lee like, I don't know who else can, is going to be able to sing that I don't, I don't know who's going to believe me did, did, did that make you justify your decision to become a wrestler my first bump 
justify <laughs> my decision to be a wrestler. I mean, legit, because them, them things is not something to play with. When you first hey, take the first one, that's it. Hey, do me a favor. Explain the bump to the underfoot. Okay, so it's, it's allowing your body to fall, to free fall, and not try to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way I can explain it. No. it you know, you, 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 you're laying on your back, you're laying on your stomach, you're laying on your butt. You know, you just, you're practically throwing yourself to the mat. And, and um, the body's, you know, natural reaction is to hey, catch yourself and, and put the hands out and things <laughs> like that. But in wrestling, you have to trust that your body knows how to take what's about to happen and and to not die. So um, that's the biggest thing about that. My parents remember back in. Uh, oh God, don't remind me. What, what 2010, 2011, when we were doing a documentary? Man, it was more like 2000. It was like around 2008. Like, yeah, well, this, is this is a funny story. Um, where we were doing a documentary. This was shortly after Benoit murdered suicide. Um, and we actually got up with uh, Robbie Flanagan, but at the time it was it was Trevor Park Heat. And I remember he said, yeah, you guys are going to do a documentary. You got to take some bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was the first time, you know, that I'd taken a bump. By, you know, how much you weigh? I told him and he gave me a body slam. And it just, in the back of my mind, because you got to go back 20 years prior, when a lady asked me when I was 300 something pounds, hey, you ever thought about being a professional wrestler? And I said, no. I'm gonna be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> and I see how my rap career turned yeah. out. But had I taken that bump back then, when I just graduated high school, I would have probably been in business. And thanks to Robbie Flanagan and Big John, his third, um, when I did that, when he did that splash. Because uh-huh. when the first time I saw, I saw um, Umaga come off the top rope. And do a splash on Mae Young, and first thing I said, oh, he didn't kill that. <laughs> <laughs> when Big John did it, and he's what four hundred something pounds, yeah, yeah. and he hit the splash, and I'm like, fuck out of here, what? But yo, we were okay. So, you know, we got in the ring, all right. Mm-hmm. They had us in the corner, all right, uh, to give us chops. Now it's funny because this was with Gap. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, preceded what preceded, the promotion that preceded Gouge was Southern Championship Wrestling. Shouts out to Count Brock. Um, and I knew a lot of those guys, mm-hmm. all right. So when they dragged me in the ring, okay, mm-hmm. had me flip my shirt up and was giving me the hard, stiff chops to the chest, mm-hmm. it was like one person, and then the next thing you know, it became like a conga line of about 10 wrestlers <laughs> chopping. <laughs> My oh, chest. you got yeah. baited in. God. They say they give you a chop and, and, and you didn't and, realize it's going to be all of them. And the last one, last one. Ed <laughs> Jones, Major DeBiz. <laughs> and me and DeBiz went back years from the uh, Southern Championship Wrestling Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just happy to give me that chop. I uh, did the big splash. Um, uh, you know, I did the Ric Flair drop. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, I think Rock put me in a figure four or something like that, but it, it was all fun. It yeah. was all fun. Yeah. And I wish I had that footage. I, I, I yeah, God, yeah. man. But yeah, <laughs> wow, wow. Yo, I knew you guys was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did some things, man. Yo, 
do me a favor. I want you to uh, walk us through your very first match in the ring. Oh, my very first match? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, which, which one was it? Uh, it was a tag match. So, um, I went with my trainer, and she was like, call me to a couple of shows, meet some guys. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Went to a show, and I didn't have gear at the time. I didn't have nothing. Like, I just had street clothes, whatever. And we got to the show, and she was working in a tag match. Mm-hmm. Well, her tag partner didn't show up. And so he came in a situation was like, all right, what are we going to do? We need to have these matches. We had these matches set up. We had this all planned out. What are we going to do? <clears throat> she came up to me. She said, you want to work a match? And I was like, I don't know. Can I work a match? Like, yeah, I want to. But can I? Like, am I really able and and do really know how to have the know-how to get in that ring and make this thing and she was like all you have to do is just listen not a problem i can do that and we got out there and i didn't have gear so one of the other guys was like man you just borrow my stuff i understand you're new he's out here just help us out we appreciate it da, da, da. could you fit his stuff yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We okay. were the same size. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got in the ring, and I was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was horrible. Um, I didn't know what from what. I and I just had to listen. And it's funny because the guy I work, one of the guys I worked, his name is Chris Banks, and I think he was very fresh in it too. But he had been doing it for so long that he could carry, you know, someone mm-hmm. that has never done it before, and um. The dudes, yeah, they beat the crap out. <laughs> I mean, legit, they beat the. I took one clothesline, and I guess I ducked my head or something. I couldn't, took it right to the nose. So it was like, yeah, never do that again. And that was your welcome to the business. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, kid. You, know, you hurt yourself. So, uh, and then it's funny because years later, uh-huh. I worked a match with Chris Banks one on one, and it took a couple of years after that match for us to realize that we had worked a match before in New Jersey. Oh, wow. And so we've been very cool, very tight. So my first match, horrible, <laughs> horrible. Would I ever do it again? I would. <laughs> and it might still be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you've been in the joint for nine years. Okay, tell the folks uh, where you've worked, what promotions uh, have featured Mr. Everything but the Angel. Uh, like, like I said, I started out in New Jersey. Um, I am, uh, can't even remember the name of the, the promotion. I don't think they run anymore. TMPW, IWA, up in that area. Um, and then I moved to North Carolina. And I happened to get casted on this movie called oh. 30 to 35. Oh, God. I'm under the tutelage of, uh, a uh, 300 pound gorilla mm. of a one Mr. SD, you know, one Mr. Perry Jones. <laughs> and uh, talking to you guys, and you guys helped me get on to gals. And that started my <clears throat> wrestling career here in North Carolina. I didn't know any, any promotions, I didn't know anybody. And you guys helped me get my start. And then from there, I mean, shoot, I'm, I don't been on WWE now. Man. And I guess I, I remember when you, you know, when you went and well, I worked that first match from Gouge and I was like Vector Vector what the fuck is a Vector <laughs> who came up with that I, I did um, yeah. I was I'm a big fan of The Undertaker I'm, and um, one of the biggest things in wrestling I always saw is like 
everybody had one name. And that was like the thing, like Cher, Sinbad, you know, Shazam, all that craziness. Everybody had one name. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Vector. And I, in my mind, my mind, I was an android, uh, humanoid type thing that couldn't be hurt. And and I would get in the ring, and I grabbed Vector because of. Don't laugh. I know you guys are gonna laugh. But don't laugh. The movie Despicable Me, the very first one, when Gru went to go get the loan from the bank, and the kid that was in the in there, his name was Vector. And he said, because it's a mathematical term, he does things with great magnitude. And I think the long, <laughs> short version of the story is this gimmick was never. <laughs> it was going nowhere. <laughs> uh, one, the despicable me comment. Uh-huh. Yeah, spoken like a true dad. Spoken <laughs> like a true dad. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know that was John Cena's first gimmick. No, it's yeah. just prototype. It's prototype. Prototype. Yeah, yeah that was but it was that type yeah. of gimmick. Yeah. yeah okay. And yeah. I and I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna defeat my opponents with great magnitude and speed, and and that didn't happen. And <laughs> and how did Vector morph into Victor? Okay, so I was working with this company called ICW, Alvin Smith. Well, they were in Castalia. Backyard wrestling edit. Yes, and and no, literally, yes. literally. Yes. So when I did the Gal show, mm-hmm. two of the guys that I wrestled against worked for ICW. It wasn't a one of them, uh, Red Man. Yeah, okay. Red Man and uh, um, Kendall Wing. And it was like, man, you need to come on to our show. We got a pretty good show. We got some good guys. I was like, okay. Thinking I'm just you know trying to trying to learn who's out there, trying mm-hmm. to get around. And me and my wife at the time, we, we drove out there, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we're driving. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking around, and all I see is houses, and I was like, um, I don't know where the hell this place is at. And we pulled up into it, and the GPS said, okay, your destination is on the left. And we pulled it in the driveway, and I'm looking, I'm like... This is somebody's house. <laughs> I think I'm at the wrong place. And I looked at her and I said, I think we're at the wrong place. So you should, I said, well, let me inbox these guys. And so as we were driving up in the driveway, I saw a wrestling ring. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, I don't need to inbox them. She was like, why? I said, there's the wrestling ring, I think. Wow. And I said, oh. Yeah, don't even turn the car off. <laughs> Once we pull up, don't even turn the car off because I don't foresee us staying here very long. <laughs> Something didn't feel nah, right. Not, the scene was not off, about to, you know. No, no. <laughs> and um, got there, and they they came, they met with me, and they talked to me, and the guys introduced me to the guy that was running it, and I was like, yeah, it's nice to meet you guys, and I was like, well, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost a two-hour drive from my house. I'm here now. I might as well do something. And uh, we got in there and we started working. They loved my athleticism, loved the way I worked. And so from there, helping those guys, I helped them get out of the backyard and okay. Smith into a building. I had connections to a building. And they had some of these great talents like the Gorilla Squad and uh, Q-Ball, Carmichael, and Damian Wayne, mm-hmm. all these big guys. And the Gorilla Squad grabbed me and said, man, you got a lot of talent. You got a lot of talent, got a lot of athleticism. You just got to get, you just got to get some better know-how. You got to get better train. Um, you gotta tighten some things up. And I was like, I will help. Because I'm going to WWE. 
I told him straight to their face, I'm going to the WWE. <laughs> so I want you guys to help me. And they took me and they started training with me at Dan's place. And um, that got me to introduce to C.W. Anderson. Okay, okay. And C.W. said, what, um, well, before C.W. said something, Mike Devine said, what, what the hell is effective? I said, well, I'm, I'm an android. What the hell does that mean? Oh man, I can get in the ring and, and, and you know I can't be hurt. So <laughs> you're a hundred and nothing. <laughs> if I slam you, you're going to be hurt. He's three twenty-five, six three. You're going to be hurt. Because <laughs> then if you don't sell that you hurt, mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> and at that time I was like, man, whatever. I'm a boxer. Yeah, I'll knock you out. Then I was like, this is wrestling. I need to learn how to work things. I know how to do things better. So he was like, you already do the model. You do the acting. Uh, that's where my Mr. Everything came from. Okay. It came before yeah. wrestling. Everybody used to call me Mr. Everything. I was always modeling. I was acting. I've been working since I was nine years old. I've done everything from the sun. I've been in the military. So all the ladies called me Mr. Everything. Everybody called me Mr. Everything. And so he was like, so just use the Mr. Everything here. Use that as for your wrestling and come up with a first and last name. So I was like, all right, well, my middle name is Andrew in real life, so I'll take that as my last name. He said, all right, good. He said, what are you going to do about a first name? I said, well, I'll change back to the victim. It's simple as that. And that's how I came up with it. So ever since then, I've been Mr. Everything Victor Andrews, and it's been working out perfectly now since, you know, since that moment. Yeah, because, yeah, you aren't going to go very, very far, far with that. Victor, no. I still have my. That's first. like what's uh what's that the guy that crushed King through the wall at WCW? Oh, you mean Shockmaster? Shockmaster, yeah. Victor yeah. Victor was would have been another Shockmaster. I, st- I still have my first entrance music that features Vector. No word. Yes, I still have it. It's fun. I, I still have all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you you gotta send that over. I'm gonna send it to you. Gotta, you gotta send, send it over. You gotta send that over. In fact, I'm, I think I might do like a little compilation um, CD uh-huh. of the the growth from Vector to Victor and show all my. Because ever since I've started, I've had custom made music okay. except for yeah. one. I, I use Lincoln Parks, um, uh, things. And that was like the only time I've actually used something copyrighted. Okay. Other than that, I've always had all, all custom made music. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, the, the thoughts of Vector is just uh, just still messing with me. Right now, okay? okay. All right. Question for you. Uh, so far, your opinion, okay? What's been your best match to date? Uh, what promotion was it with? Who was your opponent? Break it down. Ah, uh, oh man. I mean, I, I can't really single out one match. A lot of our matches have been great. Uh, a lot of promotions have given me some great opportunities and great matches. Um, so to single one out, I'm a, so I'm a bit odd. What was your worst match? <laughs> Outside of my first one? Uh... Gosh, what was my worst? Well, yeah, your, your worst my match, worst and match Andrews. was when I got my hand broke. It was my worst match. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this to you. And if you give me the look that everyone else is giving me, then I will definitely know for certain that no one will ever know how the hell that happened. Yeah, okay. 
So at the beginning of the match, me and this guy, Crazy Horse, uh, were, were working the match. And right at the beginning, I was, I was a big baby face at this promotion. I was getting my shine and everything. And I went to go send, give him my Irish whip and he reversed it or vice versa. Um, and I gave him a drop kick. And he landed on my hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. On oh, a drop kick, nigga? I gave him the drop kick and he landed on my hand and broke it. Like Ooh. a spiral fracture down the middle of my metacarpal. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. Like See, it was, it was, it was crazy because it was a clean break. Oh. It was a very clean break, but it was like the minute it happened, the ref walked up and could tell something was wrong. And he said, "What's the matter?" I said, "I think I broke my hand." And he mm-hmm. said, "All right, what do you want to do?" I said, "When he walks up, mm-hmm. tell him don't kick out." <laughs> <laughs> and so, because I was winning anyway. So when he walked up and I grabbed him and I pulled him, he said, "Hey man, what's wrong?" I said, "Don't move." And got the one, two, three. I slid out of the ring. I went straight to the back. And luckily, they just happened to have a big bucket of ice for the, the bottles of water. I stuck my hand right into that bucket. And, and I wanted to kill that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much rage and anger and pain in my body that had he came in acting crazy, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. I'd probably be somewhere trying to fix that city because I would talk. I just dragged his body straight through the whole city. I was incredibly hard. Easy to say that the, uh, you know, that the uh, biggest characteristic in working a match is trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is the only characteristic. <laughs> well, my thing is, <laughs> picture it. You're standing here. I hit you with a drop kick. You're supposed to fall back. You're supposed to fall back, yeah. and I fall back the opposite way. How the fuck do you fall <laughs> on my damn hand? That's like, it's like okay. So a, a good um, visualization for uh-huh. the for who are not able to see us. You remember when you were kids and your mom said, "Well, go sleep in the bed with your cousin," and you guys slept one at the foot and one at the bed. That's the picture that you should mm-hmm. think of. One head is at the foot, and one head is at the, the top of the bed. And so when you hit the drop kick, that's how you're supposed to land. You're not supposed to be over here where I'm at. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you doing over, what are you doing over here? You need to try to give me a hug. <laughs> Good job, kid, dude. Let me get a hug. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. That hurts. <laughs> so that was my worst match. But I think uh, to date, you know, my, my one of my best matches, I think, is, uh, you know, if I got to say something recent, uh, the one I just had this past Friday. Yeah, and now I saw you know I saw your social media in regards to this. Uh, tell the folks what happened in you. Ah, I became the very first Premier Wrestling Federation Undisputed Champion. That's what's up. Ever, they used to run in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. years ago, like around early two thousand. This was the uh, Carino Pro yes. promotion. Right? This is still Carino's yeah. promotion, and they and I made history and became the very first Undisputed Champion. Wow. Uh, retiring all the other titles, which we banned the PWF Universal Championship, the PWF Mid Atlantic Masters, which is the same as the Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Championship of the old school, uh, held by Rick Flair, Jerry Briscoe, and all those guys. Same title. And the uh, Sinjiro Otani Openweight Championship. So I unified all three of those belts and came unified. Undisputed. 
wow, that's a that's a lot of trust that that promotion put in put uh, in yeah. and on you to give you that honor. Yeah, and that also means you earned that shit. <laughs> Man, I, I I tell people all the time, and it's not a, a bragging thing. It's not to, to gloat or anything like that. But when they first came to Hebrew, North Carolina, four years ago, oh. Uh, Steve Carino contacted me, and then, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times, I've met him a couple of times, but I never really realized that he had paid me any attention. And he inboxed me through Facebook and said, hey man, uh, I'm about to start running a company. Man, I'd like to be, be a part of it, and get tired for Yeah. When? What time? I, I, I'm going to start walking there now. <laughs> I mean, it's Steve Carino. At the time, he was still with Zero One. He was still doing his Japan tours. Extreme Ocean. Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. Extreme Ocean. Extreme, yeah. And um, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love it. I would be honored to. And I've been there ever since the very first show. Nice. I have not missed a PWF Hubert show. And I'm the only one. Everybody has either left and came back left and never came back or brand new I am the only guy there that's been there since the very first show now that's major so you know you know how you have these guys say you know I'm the first one in the last one out been here since day one that's me I'm always the first one I'm the one that opens the doors and you know sweep up clean up bounce around you know warm up things like that and most times I'm one of the last ones to leave the building Unless I have another, you know, booking somewhere. But I'm pretty much one who wants to stick around and help out and do whatever. And I'm willing to help out with anybody. Tell the folks what's a normal weekend uh, for uh, but just everything that the injuries Oh, man. I mean, it, it varies. I mean, me and, me and SD, we would jump in the car, whether it's his focus or by now BMW. We jump in the car and we go. Uh, we get a rental, we go. We'll probably leave back on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this past weekend, we left, went to Hubert. Uh, after we got done with Hubert, right after the match was done, the show was done. We got in the car, we drove to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Got to Pennsylvania, uh, had a little rest. We went and did the show in Pennsylvania. After we got done with that, um, had a little rest that evening and got back on the road and came back to North Carolina. But sometimes we go places, we, we in the car the entire time. It's, it's pretty much the only time we have to really sit down is when we actually go to take a shower, you know, freshen up and get ready for the next thing. But a lot of times we we jump in the car, we will leave on Friday, and the entire time we're we're in the car. Wow. We'll drive to our Friday booking, um, get done with that, drive to the Saturday booking, get done with that, drive to the Sunday booking, and then get home by Sunday evening. And, and actually going to the book, okay. Uh, Describe for the folks, okay? Uh, a day at the arena with uh, Vic Andy. The minute you get, you know, the minute you get to the location for the match, all the way up until uh, walking out the door. Okay, so a lot of times when I get there, you know, I, I go and greet everybody, whether it's the ring crew, the announcers, um, the concession people. I make sure I talk to everybody because everybody is a big, you know, a big part of the entire production. Um, a lot of times we got catering, I'll sit down and, and grab something to eat that has something that I like. If not, I'll probably sit around and eat some cookies and milk. Uh, <laughs> okay, cookies and milk. Uh, yeah, and okay. a lot of the guys, they hate 
when I get cookies and milk because the milk gives me so much energy. And so when they know they got to wrestle against me, they know they're going to have a long. <laughs> they're going to be tired by the time we get done. Um, you know, and I'll go to a corner somewhere after I know what match I'm doing and, and what I'm going to be doing. And I'll sit in the corner now trying to get my mind together. And I have a very vivid imagination. So I can literally sit down and watch my match before I actually do it. So that way I can tell if everything is going to fit well. That way I can tell if the fans are going to react to it, if they're not going to react to it. If they're going to like this or not going to like this. So I kind of sit down and, and, and watch myself do everything that I want to do. And then from there, you know, I just go out there and do a match, whether it's one, two, three, in one night. Uh, I like to do multiple matches. They're, they're better, they're more beneficial for me with my adrenaline because if I work one match, I'm going to crash immediately. If I work more than one match, I'm having energy all throughout the whole night. And I can just continue to do whatever. So the long drives don't bother me as much because I have so much energy to disperse. When I just work one match, they I don't, don't bother match. him until I go, "Hey, Vic! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got energy! Yeah, man, let's go!" <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, you gotta take over. <laughs> hey, that's, and that's with one match. If I work one match, that's what happens. But if I work multiple matches, oh, I, I'm I'm good. I I did one weekend. I worked five matches in one weekend. Five. Five. In uh, one week, was this five different promotions? Or no, two different promotions. Okay, five matches. Wow! And I, that was when I went to go do uh, WWE Raw. Mm-hmm. I left on that Sunday from that show, and I drove all the way to Albany, from Durham, North Carolina, all the way to Albany, New York, with no problem. Wow. Because I had so much energy built up. I mean, if I had worked one match, I couldn't mm-hmm. drive from here to Wilmington. <laughs> <laughs> and short is like short is like for real. I, I shoot, soon as I get to stop, like man, you mind driving? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll come when he goes. Uh-huh. Hey, man, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm me, SD uh-huh. Victor. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and twenty minutes into my sleep, yeah, man. It ain't always twenty. It just feels like twenty minutes. It twenty minutes. Now the other time, the most recent one, where I said, you know, we were going to come home because I wanted to watch the game, and uh, I said, hey man, uh, we need to leave early in the morning. It says eight hours, so I want to get home in time to watch the Panthers play. I'm a football fan. That's part of my joy. I want to watch. <laughs> so we get going. <clears throat> and I said, "Are you good to go?" Because you know we we went to bed, mm-hmm. got up at four o'clock, headed out the door. The next thing I know, I'm because you know I, I just hear the engine run, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I just open my eyes, I'm like, "Yo, fuck, we in?" Like we had a truck stop. <laughs> I had to stop for a minute. Uh, uh, a minute. It was, that, a, it was like an hour. <laughs> it was an hour. I had to catch it real quick. I had to catch it real quick now. Because we did get up early that morning. I was like, I am good. But then as soon as I got down the road, I was like, man, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. But at the same time, I got us home in time for your football. Yeah. I yes. drove the whole way. You know, we, we got it situated. <laughs> so that, that's pretty much a, um, a practical weekend. But as far as, you know, the, the show goes, and that's generally what I do. And then by the time we're leaving, I'll go and shake everybody's hand. I may help break down the ring, you know, production stuff. 
um, throwing my stuff away, uh, counting the money that I've made from gimmicks and t-shirt sales and stuff like that. So, and I'm, I'm like the interact with Japan. Okay. Uh, yeah. Before we talk about uh, your appearance in NXT uh, or you know the appearance in WWE that we're going to talk about as well, uh, how did you get to hook up with Ring Honor? Uh, with Steve Carino. Okay. <laughs> Every pretty much everything big happened with Steve. Carino. Okay. And, okay. And, and a lot of it came from CW Anderson with them being best friends and me training on the CW. Uh, helped Steve Carino have that trust in me okay. to start doing these different things. Um, so me and my partner, we, we would go to different uh, Ring of Honor shows and events mm-hmm. and help out, help out with ring crew, security, whatever they needed. Then um, Carino. Had this match coming up against DJ Whitney. Uh, it was the the dishonor match. match. Yeah. Um, and he contacted me. Uh, I want to say a week before the show, maybe two weeks, and said, "Could you do a design right here?" And I was like, okay. "What do you mean?" He said, "You cut hair, right?" I said, "Yeah." Cut a design. Yeah, definitely. What, what, what do you want? Just leave it up to you. Not a problem. I'll bring my equipment uh, at the next show. So, and we happen to have a show, a PWF show that that weekend. So I went to the show, I gave him a haircut, and I told him, "So I'll be at the Ring of Honor show." So to make sure that you're nice and sharp and fresh before you go on TV, I'm gonna touch you up at the show. All right, cool. So I took all my equipment, and he came. He sat down. I touched him up. And the guys walking miles. What's going on here? <laughs> give him a little haircut. And uh, Kevin Sullivan walked up. Mm-hmm. He asked me to give him a haircut. And next thing I know, a lot of the guys on the roster were walking up and saying, hey, man, you mind shaking me up? Me, this, doing that. Give me a little tips, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to help the boys out. And one of the production guys came up to me and said, hey, man, what are you charging for a haircut? And I said, for you? He was like, yeah. To give me a match. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. You, wait a minute. You flipped the haircut into a match. I flipped the haircut into a match. Yeah, well, that's how I said. I told him, I said, give me a match. He said, for real? I said, yeah, if you can give me a match, good. That's all. He went and talked to the, to the powers that be. Uh-huh. Came back and said, man, got you a five minute match. It's a squash, but it's on TV. Say no more. Say that's no the. More. Keith Lee, Keith Shane, Lee and Shane Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> it's me and my tire partner. We went in there. I got squashed for five minutes. It's fine with me. I was on TV. <laughs> I was on live TV. And it was one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced. I've been on TV with different things. and With the acting and the modeling and magazines and stuff. But that was a big moment for me. Because I love professional wrestling. And I've always wanted to be on TV doing professional wrestling. And that was my big moment. And, and after that, that you did the uh, squash and NXT, correct? Yes. Oh, uh, um, in fact, a year later. Ooh. Uh, so everything kind of came, um, yeah, periodically, like a year later, I heard of it. So first it was the Ring of Honor. That was in yeah. June. Mm-hmm. Who was working at the Performance Center at that time? Steve Carino. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how I got that show. Yeah, he comes and he says, hey, can, can you get this done? This is paperwork done? I sure can. Mm-hmm. What you need? He said, just expect the email. Okay, cool. The guy contacted me and said, hey, we need you as an extra for NXT. So, yeah, I, I remember that phone call. <laughs> he was like, yeah. 
We gotta go down to Orlando. We gotta go to Orlando. <laughs> I said, okay, go to Orlando. He goes, we're going down for NXT. I said, well, what? <laughs> what the? I was about to more excited yeah. than he was. Going and man, we went down there, and and we got there early. Um, and we walked in the building, and we walked past this conference room. Yeah. And Sean, you know, he he's tunnel vision. He's trying mm-hmm. to figure out where we need to go, what we need to do, get all situations. Sean. Let me tell you, SD is probably the best person that I could have in my life because this man is like straightforward. He tells me something's wrong, something's right, um, what I need to do next. He makes sure I need to get where I need to go. Um, everything is all, all, all together. Like I couldn't have a better person in my life to have all this done because he's helped me get everywhere I needed to be mm-hmm. and make sure everything was situated, everything straight. So we're walking in the building. He's walking down the hallway mm-hmm. and I walk past the conference room and I look to my right and I see Sean, um, Triple H whoa, sitting in a chair. Now, before Nancy died, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to keep myself professional because, uh-huh. you know, it's freaking WWE NXT. I, I want to make sure that I go in there and don't show my ass. And I mean, it's a potential job interview. Yeah, you know, that's, you yeah that's, that's, where, that's where I look at it. The kid in me uh-huh. ran around the entire building. Okay? <laughs> like, visually, the kid in me ran around the entire building acting a fool. <laughs> okay? But the adult in me was like, okay, relax. It's just Triple H. And I told Sean, I said, Sean, did you see that? He said, no, man, what was up? I said, Triple H is right here. He looking around, where? I said, in that, in that room right there. Triple H is in that room right there. He's like, okay, relax, man. I was like, I am relaxed. He's like, why are you so tense? I don't know. Triple H is right there, man. Oh my god! I, I, think, I, think, I, felt, I felt like a boxer man. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like him when you know you, you, you start seeing people like Ethan Cross and uh, mm-hmm. I gotta be honest, like the people that you see on TV, 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 you know. And so me, I'm trying not to be a fly on the wall because it's not about me; it's about him. So I'm trying to be invisible. But damn it, when I see Nikki Cross <laughs> there, now, now mind you, I'm not talking about Nikki Cross that you see on TV. I'm talking about before she gets made up. And I'm going to tell you right now, she's thick as a government fucking mule, dog. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, where the fuck is my girl get this ass? I'm like, damn it, man. TV does not do these No, no justice. justice. And then I used to talk shit about Ember Moon. I said, oh, yeah, the Ember Moon's ratchet. I don't like Ember Moon until I saw Ember Moon. And I said, well, damn. Damn it, man. Yeah. There's Ember Moon. So is a fucking... Wendy's so, so, after, so after the explosion inside our bodies about seeing Triple H in that one window, uh-huh. we kept walking because we're still trying to figure out where I need to go. Uh-huh. There's another door. Sean Michaels Lord. is sitting on the other side of this door. And I said, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Michaels right there, man. He said, for real, I said, man, I know what I've seen. <laughs> 
I seen Sean Michael sitting there with the Jello pudding. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, relax, relax. It's okay, I'm, I'm gonna relax. I'm relax." <laughs> and so we got to where I needed to be. Uh, I saw a couple of guys. So Bobby Roode, you know, a couple of guys that I already seen before. Ray and Bobby. Oh, uh-huh. uh, we got time to do the paperwork, and the, the main guy that's doing the casting came out. Uh, gave us our paperwork, and Steve came out and said, "Vic, as soon as you get done, come see me. I'm your agent for your match." Mm, okay. Okay, I got a match. Cool. Okay. Damn, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, immediately I forgot that I was a wrestler. <laughs> forgot what I was there for. And, um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels come walking out the door. Walked up to it, all the extras, and introduced themselves. And shook our hands. And I was like... Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, I was cotton mouth. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to talk anymore. <laughs> He's like, "How you doing, Gay? Okay, what's your name?" Huh? Oh, Big Dad Juice. Me. Like my tones was all off. Okay, okay. I was whispering. <laughs> one moment. He was like, "Huh?" And I was screaming on me. I'm like, But it was it was a big moment. It was it was a whole lot of fun, man. It, I went out there, did the match, and they gave me a promo uh-huh. segment, and I got to talk to the guys and get feedback and. I worried for like almost a month about whether or not I screwed up something. And for a whole month, Steve Camaro kept telling me, you were fine, you were great, we love you, we can't wait to have you back. And man, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been And I'm sure that that exposure, you know, on NXT, under their umbrella, did that help lead you to that appearance on Raw? Um, well, it helped me to get in contact with the person who does the casting for Monday Night Raw. Okay. Uh, I had done a Monday Night Raw before um, the Bobby Lashley segment. Okay. Um, what I didn't need use because they didn't have anything for for the extras. Um, but just keeping in contact with them, letting know your availability is what helped you know build things up. And I really believe I was casted for that position for to be Jessica Lashley. And <laughs> yeah, t- uh, okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Victor Andrews was on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, this is back in April, May. This is May. This is in May. You can yeah. find it on YouTube. Just type in Bobby Lashley Sisters. Yeah, where he played, yeah, Bobby Lashley's sister, sister, Jessica. Okay, now uh, tell us about that day when you went. You now, when you got the call, okay, uh, I mean, was it a call? Hey, won't you come in and be Bobby Lashley's sister, or was it? Hey, you got some work. It was well. They don't call you. They give you an email. Uh-huh. So they send me an email. Say, hey, we'd like to bring you in as uh, for extra uh-huh. for Monday Night Raw. All right, cool. And this is like very early, uh, no way, Jose. Uh-huh. You know, move up to the main roster. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm going to do that. The conga line, that's cool. You know, a lot of people made it big from the conga line. Braun Strowman, yeah, was part of the conga uh, line. Part yeah. of the conga. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go out there and do that. And I get there and they grab me and two other guys. Once you look at the video, you'll see who I'm talking about. And they said, oh, we got a little segment with Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. Now, I'm very familiar with the product. I watch it every week. So I knew exactly what they were talking about. 
because it was the week before Sandy Zane said he's gonna bring Bobby Lashley's sisters. It's like, all right, well, maybe we're gonna be something a part of that, like some kind of security. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking men dressed in women's clothes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking security. And so they came to us and said, yeah, you guys are gonna be uh, the three Lashley sisters. Mm. Okay. Okay. Let's see where this goes. Okay. And uh, they took us to the back and uh, don't judge me, but they said, um, here are all the clothes, women's clothes. Just pick out your outfit. So you I got, chose. You, you got to pick I your own. You, you chose it. Hey, that was the best. That was the best out of all that was <laughs> available. That was the best. I mean, did you not see the guy in the full dress? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I chose pretty good in, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so the way the whole segment went was Sami Zayn said, you know, we want you guys to be men dressed in women's clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do you no know, women voices or anything like that because we don't want to offend anybody. 2018, you got to be very careful what you're doing, what you're saying. All right, cool. 30 minutes before the show started, mm-hmm. production guy came and said, uh, Vince McMahon wants to make changes. This is his segment. He wants you to make changes. Two of you guys to shave. He wants women's voices. He wants to hold on y'all. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, it's coming from Vince McMahon, so mm-hmm. I, 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 hey, I'm gonna do what I want to do. And we get out there and we do the segment. You know, the fans boo, they were not happy, yada yada. I think the main thing is because they felt like we were trying to portray drag queens, which was not the, it wasn't the premise of what we were doing. What we were doing was we were hired thugs in women's clothing, making fun at Bobby Lashley and his sisters to make him come to the ring so we could jump on. I hit, I, I got the hit by the last one, okay? I got to punch him, kick him. It didn't work out too well for me, <laughs> but I got the first hit. So, I, that counts, okay? I, I won, in my opinion. I won, because I hit first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, we're not there. We did the segment, and they loved it. I mean, they loved it. Like everything we did, we, we nailed everything mm-hmm. to the team, what they wanted to get over. Um, they was very happy with us. They all gave us hugs and you know it was a great feeling it was a great welcoming feeling and I and I loved it I mean the whole entire thing man it was, it was great it was great how long did it take the hair to grow back? uh not long about a week about a week I don't want to take my seat <laughs> I got my hair to grow back but about a week you know it came back and then went back to you know, being Mr. Everything <laughs> and speaking of which Mr. Everything okay Five years from now, I know this is a, a crystal ball thing in the future. You know? um, where do you see this everything? Uh, if not contending for the WWE Championship, but being the WWE Champion in five years, like I, I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but I'm very confident in. My ability to learn, to grow, um, to be an asset to a company to the point where, I mean, I'm the PWR undisputed champion, the very first one. 
I know my mindset. I know how well I can uh, help a company grow. <laughs> and I really feel like in five years, I can be a number one contender for the WWE Championship. If not the WWE Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Everything Victor Andrew, bruh, thank you for stopping by. SD, yes, sir. Got any closing thoughts? No, I've, I've got none other than you know we need five hour energy because when SD's tired, I don't feel like driving. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, all jokes aside, it's it's work in progress. And, you know, we we will we'll get to the summit one way or the other. And that's my man, SD. Remember. No Filter Radio, Thursday, 4, uh, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. LittleRaleighRadio.org And don't forget, you can follow us on SoundCloud at S2T on the air. Follow our Twitter page at S2T on the air. And please smash the like button on our Facebook page, Straight the Tape. It's your man, C. Perry Elysia II. See you next week. And as always, let's get active.